Well, hey guys. Uh, like he said, my name is Andrew Nunn. Um, I am actually uh, kind of a new member here. Uh, my wife and I became members in January, so uh, it's really exciting for me to, to be up here and to be able to share with you um, just about Christ and culture, and specifically um, how the gospel interacts with entertainment, like Trey said, um, and specifically the stories of our entertainment. Um, if you were here last week, um, I know a lot of you were at the retreat. I hope that went really well. Uh, but if you were here last week, you heard Terry Irwin um, share about how the gospel interacts with um, consumerism in our culture. Um, so this week, I want to I look at uh, entertainment and specifically the stories of the movies, um, TV shows, books, um, and even some of the songs that we listen to and enjoy. And we're going to look at the stories behind those things. Um, so if you will, uh, pray with me, and we'll get into it. Father, Lord, um, God, we just praise you for who you are. Lord, we praise you, um, just as Kyle shared, that um, this is your bride, Lord, that we are your church, Lord, um, and that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. Father, I just pray that you would um, just be with me, Lord. Uh, I ask that you would um, strengthen me, that you would um, just give me the words to speak. I pray for um, us as we hear, Lord. I pray that you would um, just encourage us, that we would um, be confident as we engage our culture, Lord, and that you would equip us by your word. In Christ's name, amen. So, as we think about entertainment, I just want to ask you guys, what are some of your favorite movies? Shout them out. I'm going to need some participation. What's that? Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Okay, that's a good one. Incredibles. Incredibles. How did you, how did you feel about the new one? Great. Pretty good? Okay. La La Land. That was a great movie. Yes. What else? Keep going. Forrest Gump. Okay. Star Wars. Shawshank Redemption. What else? I know there's more out there. What's that? The Greatest Showman. Yes. My wife and I watched The Greatest Showman uh, maybe five different times. We just kept going back to the theaters. Uh, and I don't even like musicals. We just kept going back. Um, what else? Tangled. Really? All right. Hey. All right. Well, if I had to answer that, uh, apart from the last year, I'd probably say Greatest Showman. Uh, but if I had to answer my favorite movie, I'd probably say The Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Right? Some of you were thinking that, but you didn't want to say it. Uh, if, you, if you watch that movie, I want you to watch that movie after this talk uh, and think about how it displays the gospel, because it's just an amazing picture of that. But that's besides the point. Um, so all this kind of shows us, and it's pretty obvious to us, that we love movies. Uh, we love stories. It's not, it's not difficult um, to talk about the movies that we love. Um, in fact, I don't know if this has ever happened to you guys, but a lot of times I'll find myself in like a dead-end conversation, you know, where you're talking to someone, you're trying to strike up something, uh, but they're just giving you nothing. They're giving you one-word answers. Um, you can always ask one question, uh, to really pull someone in is, have you seen any good movies lately? Um, sometimes people will roll their eyes because it's such a cliche, but it's a very engaging question. So why is this? 
Um, why do we love stories so much? Well, I think stories can be compelling when they tap into our desires, um, when we can identify with uh, the wants and the hopes of a character, um, we can be drawn into the story. Um, and I think stories can also show us things that we want to be true about our world. So when we, we look at a movie um, and we sort of walk away from it, um, it shows us what we wish our world is like. Um, so that's kind of the case for me with Lord of the Rings. Uh, when, I, when I finish those movies, I sort of just sit there and watch the credits, and I think, man, I wish I was a part of something like that. I wish I could be a part of that big story, uh, that adventure with those friends that I could kind of do life with. Um, so it shows something about us. Uh, another example you could think of would be The Office. Um, a lot of us love The Office, uh, hopefully everyone, but that's okay if you don't. Um, and if you know anything about The Office, you know that one of the big storylines is Jim and Pam, uh, the relationship between Jim and Pam. Um, and you know, if you haven't seen it, Jim is in love with uh, his coworker Pam. She's engaged to Roy, uh, and so it seems like there's no hope. Um, but you just really feel for the angst of Jim, and you you just want him to to be with Pam so badly. Um, because you're identifying with what he's wanting in those moments. Um, and a lot of times that speaks to us and how we want um, to have that kind of a, a romantic relationship in our life. And we want to, to know someone and to be a part of something like that. Um, so, so clearly stories are powerful. They have the power to shape the way we think. Um, and they can tap into some of our deepest desires. Um, they can also offer up explanations about the world. Um, or they can even try to convince you about the way the world should be. Um, so in that way, stories um, have the potential to really preach something to you. They can try to convince you of, uh, of the way that you should live. Um, so in this way, stories are a lot like sermons. Um, they're, not, they're not like sermons in that uh, the message of a sermon is pretty obvious. You know, uh, If you listen to Brad, you, you just have to listen to him and you'll... you'll directly understand his message right there on the surface. Stories are a little bit different. So when you watch a movie or a TV show, a lot of times you don't necessarily um, know the story right up front. Um, it's a little bit more indirect. You kind of have to ask questions to dig up the story underneath um, whatever you're watching or reading. Um, and the ending of a story can help us to, to look back and really consider what the message of the story is. But we'll We'll think more about that later. So as Christians, um, as we think about stories, a question we can have um, is, is entertainment and stories, is that a harmful thing for Christians, or, or can it be helpful? Um, I think there's two wrong approaches um, to this question. Um, you, can, you can know that because stories have the power to preach to us, um, then they also have the power to deceive us in some ways and to try to trick us about life. Um, and you can just try to avoid uh, entertainment altogether. You can just say, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be in my Bible only, and I'm just going to disconnect from the world um, in every possible way, including with entertainment. But I think that would be a mistake. Um, the other wrong approach would be to, to acknowledge that um, stories can help us and can help us to understand ourselves, can help us to understand the world around us and how life works. Um, and, and we can approach stories in such a way that 
Um, we're completely uncritical. We, we just want to enjoy them. We just want to um, watch everything that we possibly can. And there's no category for um, maybe I shouldn't watch this. You know, uh, with things like you know shows or movies with nudity, that's an, that's an obvious category. We want to just we we want to distance ourselves from that. Um, but so so we don't want to be um, dismissive altogether of entertainment, but we also don't want to be uh, too welcoming of entertainment. And so I think there's a uh, gospel middle ground here. So if you have your Bibles, um, open up to 1 Timothy 4. First Timothy 4, we're going to be in verses 4 through 5. All right. It says, Everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is made holy by the word of God in prayer. So in this passage, we see that Paul tells us that everything that God created is good. And that includes stories. Stories are a good thing that God has um, enabled human beings to, to want to create and to want to um, enjoy. Um, but because we live in a fallen world, um, we should expect that our stories are going to have a mixture of, of truth and lies, of, of good and bad. Um, so stories provide a space for us, like I said earlier, to consider ourselves more um, in the world we live in. Um, but ultimately, as this passage shows us, God has given us stories in order that we might understand the gospel more and cherish him more, um, that they would be a means for our thankfulness and our worship um, to God. So as Christians, we must use stories to help us delight in God and the gospel. But how do we do that? Well, first, we need to know God's word. We need to be familiar with it. We have to know what it actually says. Um, and then we need to hold up the stories that we are engaging with up to the light of the gospel. So just like you would take like a $20 bill, hold it up to the light to see if it's authentic and see the marks of authenticity. So with uh, movies and TV shows, we want to hold those up to the light of God's word to help us to distinguish good from bad in those things. <clears throat> So what does this look like? How do we do this? Well, in order for stories to be a route uh, for greater delight in God, we have to consider three things. Uh, we need to consider the underlying longings or desires present uh, in the stories that we're um, engaging with. We need to consider the overall message being preached. Um, and we need to think of the pointers to the gospel in any given story. So um, I'm going to give you three questions that these three questions can be used um, with any story that you approach, any TV show, any movie. Um, ask these three questions as a way to sort of try to dig up um, some of these realities uh, in, in stories. So the first one is, are there any desires this story is tapping into? Or another way to put that would be, is there anything in this story that we want to be true in our world? Okay, the second is, what is being preached in this story? What's the underlying message? And a lot of times you can look at the ending and go backwards to try to, to understand that. Third, how does this story help me to better understand and cherish the greatest story, the gospel? <clears throat> so, in order to, to kind of help you think through this, I thought it would be probably most helpful if we just take examples of common stories in our culture 
um, and just try to apply these three questions um, and see how they can lead us to worship in Christ. So the first one um, I want to think through. Um, if you have been to the movie theater in the last five years, you've noticed that there always seems to be some kind of new superhero movie. Um, Marvel can't stop making uh, a new superhero movie, and it still works on us. You know, like I, I remember about a year ago, I, uh, I told Anna that I just wasn't going to watch uh, Marvel movies anymore. And what always ends up happening is I go to the movies, and we're like trying to figure out which movie we want to watch, and there happens to be some kind of Marvel movie out. And I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. And then I always end up loving it. And I'm like, dang it, they got me again. Um, but, but if you've noticed, every superhero movie seems to be basically the same. Um, there's a couple variations there, but usually the ones that try to be artistic don't end up all that well. Um, so I'm going to run through the basic plot and see if you agree with me. So one, the world has been taken over by some evil villain. Uh, a superhero rises up to challenge the villain. Usually the hero wins, but only after great sacrifice and then the world is restored to peace. That is pretty much every superhero movie you're gonna watch. Uh, but why do these, if we know that that's gonna be the plot, why do these movies work so consistently on us? Um, so let's ask our three questions um, when it, as it relates to superhero movies. First, is there any desires the story is tapping into, or is there anything uh, in the story that we wanna be true in our world? Well, when you think about superhero movies, um, the, the reality of the world being taken over by some dark force, I think points to our longing for restoration. Um, in our world, we know that there's something wrong and something broken, and we long for and we desire um, it to be fixed and to be put back to right. Um, and so another way of saying that would be uh, we want good to triumph over evil, and that's really the, the plot of superhero movies, and that's um, what you see. So as you look at superhero movies and consider the ending of all these movies, um, after the struggle, what always ends up happening is the good guy wins. The superhero wins and the, the world is restored. So what's being preached by that? Well, I think, I think what's being preached is that good ultimately will triumph over evil. Um, the fact that each movie plays the same way and ends the same way is sort of a... Uh, it's sort of an indicator that we know deep down that that's going to be the case. Um, so is this biblical? You know, it's, we, it's, it's fine to think of these things um, and to recognize these desires, but let's make sure that these are biblical desires. Um, so if you'll open up to Romans 8, 19 through 21. Romans 8, 19 through 21. So here Paul says, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, and hoped that the creation itself would be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So clearly we see, this is, yes, this is biblical. This is something that we see in Scripture. The world has been subjected to futility, we ourselves are broken, and there's a longing in all of creation for restoration. Um, so how, does, how do superhero movies help us to cherish the gospel, the greatest story? 
Well, I think that they point to a reality in our world, and that's that the Bible promises us that God will triumph over evil. Um, he will triumph over the evil and corruption in our world, and he will triumph over the evil in our own hearts through Christ, through his work on the cross. All right, so let's consider another example, um, just pervasive in our culture, um, and that would be romantic comedies. Um, romantic comedies are a little bit harder to boil down into uh, a couple of plot sequences, but uh, see if this might fit uh, some plot, some plots of romantic comedies. A guy and a girl living separate lives meet. Uh, the two get involved in some common situation that requires them to keep meeting. One of them usually has some quirk that has made it difficult for them to find love, like working too hard or being too awkward. Um, after some time together, they realize that they're falling in love. But once they realize this, there's some kind of conflict that keeps them from being together, and it seems like the hope for their relationship is lost. And then the conflict is resolved, and the two end up together. That's romantic comedies for you. We just watched a romantic comedy together. So once again, as we, as we think of how common this sort of plot is, why does that work? Why do these things work so much? Um, on some of us. I'm not going to say that all of us like romantic comedies, but some of us, I'm not saying that I do necessarily, but some of us out there do. Why do they work? Let's think through our three questions. Um, are there any desires that this story is tapping into or anything in the story that we want to be true in our world? Um, well, I think it's pretty obvious with romantic comedies. It's right there in the word. Uh, we want romantic love and we want companionship. Um, and as you look at the storyline of these movies, what's being preached? Well, this one can be a little bit more tricky to uncover, and often it will depend on the movie that you're in. Sorry, one second. But for the good ones, um, for the redemptive ones, <clears throat> I think at best, uh, romantic comedies can preach to us that love and relationships are possible despite our quirks and shortcomings. Um, and then in the worst ones, think maybe Jerry Maguire. Not, I don't mean to, to um, affect anyone's view there, but Jerry Maguire has a line, uh, you complete me, um, the, famous, the famous line. Uh, I think what's being preached here is that we need a significant other in order to be fulfilled. Um, we need a relationship with someone of the opposite sex to have happiness. So is this biblical? Um, well, let's look at Genesis 2.18. Um, we see the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Um, so we were created with a good desire to be in community with one another, um, to, to even have some of these relationships. Um, and by God's grace, we're even able to have good relationships um, despite our sin. You know, that's, that's one of God's common graces to us. However, we must be careful um, with these stories. So uh, while, while, the, while Scripture teaches that we do need, uh, or we do have a good desire for uh, friendships and community and relationships, um, Romans 1 teaches us that in our sin, uh, we're prone to replace the creator with the creature in our worship. Um, and so our desire for relationships and companionship can often be warped into idolatry and unrealistic expectations. A lot of times, movies can try to reinforce that idolatry. 
Um, they can try to convince us that, no, you do need this. What, you, what you're trying to aim for in your idolatry is a good thing and will be your fulfillment. <clears throat> so how do, uh, as we, we think through these things, how do romantic comedies help us to cherish Christ? Well, as we think about relationships, uh, just from a biblical perspective, uh, we should be reminded of what relationships and marriage point to, ultimately. Um, Paul tells us in Ephesians 5 that romantic relationships and marriage um, point to Christ and his bride, the church, as Kyle shared earlier. Um, Christ sought us from heaven when we were separated and wandering from him, living a separate life from him. And through his death and resurrection, we can now know the deepest union with him. So he is the ultimate relationship that we were made for. So in all these stories, uh, we are shown the, the things that we want to be true about the world. Uh, these stories also remind us that we ourselves are living in a, a real story. And this is a really important aspect of stories. They remind us that we're a part of a story. Um, and we, we come to know what that story is through scripture. However, this is a story that <clears throat> none of us would have wanted to be true, at least at first. Um, because in, in the story that we live in, um, we're the evil villains who have turned against the very author of the story and tried to rewrite the story and make it about us. <clears throat> Our efforts are hopeless, and we have completely forgotten the real story. The author is justly angry at our rebellion, but he responds to our evil in a way that no earthly author could have ever seen coming. The author entered into our story and our world, not to condemn the world, but to save us from ourselves and from the author's wrath. Now, for those who believe in the hero of the story, this author, we can be forgiven, we can be freed from our rebellion, and we can return to our true joy as we make him the center of the story. So God rescues us evil people from our evil by taking on our evil. And that's what we see in 2 Corinthians 5.21. Paul says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So to sum things up, stories can help reveal to us what we want to be true in our world. Um, They can help us to consider explanations about the world uh, or how it should be. And as Christians, we should use stories with the end goal of a greater understanding of his story um, and a greater appreciation of the author of the story that we find ourselves in. So stories are meant to lead us to worship of this author of ours. All right. Well, let's pray. Father, God, I just thank you uh, just for all the ways that you have blessed us. Lord, we thank you that you, sh- you reveal yourself to us and you reveal what's true about our world um, and our lives and ourselves and about you, God, and your word. Lord, I pray that we would love your word. I pray that we would seek to, um, to know it well, to know your story, to know the truth, God. And I pray that we would approach the stories of our entertainment in such a way that we would um, seek to find you in those stories, that we would seek to find um, the redemptive aspects that point us um, to your glory uh, and the grace that you've shown us in the gospel. So help us with that, Lord. Uh, We praise you in Jesus' name.